Welcome to another episode of Be Now. It's a show where nothing needs to happen because the present moment is enough. My name is Arya, and I'm sitting down today with Garrett Jones. Thank you for sitting down with me. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. And uh, so you're a writer? Yes. Yes, I am. What is that like? What is that like? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> um, I think it's been a long, a slow discovery for me uh, to figure out that's what I am. Um, I remember when I was young, um, even I think I was eight or nine years old, we got our first computer <clears throat> back in the day when it was like a 386, uh, whatever you called it, big, huge box thing that sits on your desk. And, you know, the screen wasn't even black. It was when it was like the, the, the word processor was like a blue screen with a yellow blinking cursor. Mm. <clears throat> um, and... You know, that was when the keyboards had both a backspace and a delete button and like the delete went one way and backspace went the other. Then I sat down at this machine, big machine, and I, I began writing like a, a scene. It was in my mind huh. and I just started writing uh, this scene. It was almost like a, a scary scene, uh, but it, it, it just kind of compelled me to write. And, it, and like there was like this magic hmm. of something something really interesting happening as I'm seeing something and I'm writing it down as like a, as a nine or ten year old, um, and I I just thought wow this is this this feeling is so cool hmm. um, I want to do this and I remember from my you know even after that as a teenager kind of telling my friends, like, I'm going to write a book one day. Like, I want to write a book. Like, that was, that was a big, big goal. I've done that already. But now I, want, I have other goals of writing other books and um, maybe even screenplays and other things. But I just have this, like, because I, I, I think my mind is very visual, so I see things. It's, I sound like the kid from The Sixth Sense, right? I hear voices. <laughs> I, see um, I, I see dead people. <laughs> Um, but I, I like, I like seeing those things and then writing them down in, in a way that, that other people can see those exact same things that I saw, you know, so yeah. speaking of technology, so you started writing on a computer. Mm -hmm. Did you always, uh, do it that way? Cause I know other writers were like, like they always just handwrite stuff. Like, yes. What so, is your relationship with that? So obviously I, you know, um, I was at that point, like touching keys one at a time with my fingers, right? I, I could not type. Mm. Uh, and I didn't become, I couldn't type well or quickly until probably my late teens. But, um, so I, I did, I remember it, my earliest memory of journaling, I was probably 14 or so. And I, I, I don't know where I got this idea. But I, I, I had different color pens and I would write like almost a dialogue with myself. So like almost like one side of me would say something right. and then I would use a different color pen mm. and I would write kind of the answer to that with a different color. Mm. And I would have this like dialogue between me and myself. That sounds crazy. Mm. Sounds like I'm... A psychopath. I'm not. Um, <laughs> bring out the voices. But it is. Head. It's just like yeah. these voices that are like talking to each other. Mm. And I found that, again, so 
so fascinating. So there's something magical about this um, mm. dialogical uh, way of processing right. my world, my understanding, my experiences. Um, and that, that was the, my earliest form of journaling. Eventually, you know, I, did, I don't, didn't carry that on. Mm. Um, but you know, it's really interesting because we all have these voices in our head. And like you said, like, I might sound crazy, but like, we all are talking to ourselves all the time. That's right. Right. Yeah. And so bringing that out in like a journaling way. Yeah. You can like, like, yeah, that magic. What, like, what, what is it about that? That gives you perspective or something? Yeah. I, I, <clears throat> um, I, I, I saw a book title once It said, I, I, I I, I learn a lot from book titles. I don't always read read, book, them, yeah. read all the books, but this book title really struck me. He said, "You're crazy if you don't talk to yourself." Mm. And I just think there's something really healthy about your mind staying in a a conversational mode, mm. whether it's with yourself or with. Um, God or whatever, however you view that, um, when your mind is in a conversational mode, right. I think it's closest to its intent, like our, because we're relational beings, the closer our mind can stay in a relational like mode, it's, it's for, for whatever reason, it's healthy. And I've experienced that, that when my mind is con conversing and for me, like I, I like to believe I'm conversing with with God or a higher power. I like talking in a, in this kind of processing way. I find that that's really healthy and centering for my for my mind. Mm -hmm. um, now I've gone through seasons where that conversation isn't happening, and I feel sure. I tend to feel more alone and and more susceptible to uh, depression or other things because. And it's only when I snap out of it and start start talking out loud again. I'll be on my bike mm -hmm. and I'll be riding through the city and I'll just be talking. People probably think I'm crazy, but I'm like talking out loud. I do it too. <laughs> <laughs> but it like it just somehow wakes me up, and I'm yeah. I'm again experiencing things in a relational way. In a in my mind is more in a conversation. So I, I find that for me at least it's really helpful. Speaking to the seasons. Of mine, I guess you could mm -hmm. say. So you've been in China for about 12, 13 years, like you said? I've been in China for almost 15 years. 15 years. <clears throat> yes. Okay. So how has this uh, conversation with yourself <laughs> changed? Like, how's been the journey, I guess? Uh, well, yeah, I had, I'm always interested in yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. I came as a single, um, so I had a lot more time <laughs> to talk to myself. Was, this is getting to sound <laughs> really funny. Um I met my wife uh, two years into China. Uh, I came up to Chengdu. I was in Kunming at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I came to get a new passport in Chengdu at the U.S. consulate. And the second day in, Ch in, in Chengdu, I met this girl from Canada named Rebecca. And uh, as I told you earlier, it was mm -hmm. like love at first sight. It took about uh, another few dozen sites for her to get on the same page. But there was a process. We dated um, and we got married 12 years ago today. <clears throat> so this is our anniversary. Shout out to Rebecca. Thanks. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> She's amazing. Awesome. Best, best wife ever. Um, not that I would know of any others. 
Um, so my, yeah, 15 years in China, lots, lots has changed. We have kids now. I mean, uh-huh. you know, I was, I was spending most of my time, my first two years with Chinese friends mm. um, and mm. speaking mostly Chinese. I think most of my, my, my mind and my conversation was in Chinese mm. uh, my first two years in China. Awesome. Yeah, it was, it was really awesome. I loved it. I was like kind of the only white guy in this like little friend group of, uh, of Chinese friends in Kunming. Um, but, but married a foreigner um, and obviously our kids are, are their white blonde, blonde haired children. So now most of my life is back in English and has been now for over 10 years. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a wonderful, wonderful ride. I've, we've loved being in Chengdu. Chengdu has gone from no DTA, you know, no, yeah, there were no lines open when I first moved here. And now that, you know, it's just like completely connected city. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Got, you know, line five now goes right by our house. Um, so this city just gets better and better the, the longer we're here. So mm-hmm. you know, we're really happy here. Do you find like the place you are? Um, I mean, it does to some extent more or less for others, I guess, but for you, like where you are, how does that shape your writing process? Mm. Interesting. <clears throat> you, you mentioned that because, uh, in my, my first English class, um, so I have, I have a class where I teach English writing, um, business writing, technical writing, all kinds of different genres of writing. Uh, my first class is I talk about the Chengdu's long love affair with words, mm. um, because there are many, there's famous poets right. from Chengdu. Uh, there are just, there's something about Chengdu that has a history of of, of articulation, hmm. of, of finding words from, and I think there's something significant about that history and being tapped into that history, but being here, I feel, I feel like my own writing gift and my own gift of articulation has, has definitely increased since being in Chengdu. Now I, you can say, you know, you're drinking it in the water or eating it in the huajiao, I don't know, but how it gets transferred. But, um, I was, I was really Curious to find out that Ernest Hemingway spent time in Chengdu. Really, it was like a year to two years. He was a travel writer, right? Right, and he went around the world as a, in his twenties and thirties, traveling and writing about his experiences. He lived in Chengdu, but wow, okay, there's something about this this writing gift that uh, that's been fostered in this city, and I don't know you know, metaphysically what, well, what's going on behind the scenes there. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm, I'm, I feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of forces at play. Yeah. That kind of, yeah. Shape the, the flow, maybe the process. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of the flow, um, <clears throat> we're talking about this earlier. Yeah. And, um, like the way we focus at work and whatever kind of work we do, it really shapes the outcomes, the quality and all the kind of things. And, and, and I like that you're also into like the, like, not just like the structure, but also the creativity that's mm. built into your structure and how you kind of instill a flow in, yeah, talk to us about that process <clears throat> for you. I think, um, uh, there's a lot of, 
uh, helpful, helpful tips for getting into a flow state uh, in writing. A uh, couple that I find really helpful. Uh, one comes from a book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And she talks about this ritual, this practice every morning called the morning pages. And uh, her, her encouragement, or you could call it a method, I guess, <clears throat> is that first thing in the morning, before you do anything productive, you just sit down to your blank pages, whether you're writing with a pen or a computer, and you write um, whatever comes to mind. I sometimes, I'm sitting there with, I tend to write on my computer because I can write faster, <laughs> um, which may not always be great, but I, it helps me. I'll have a blank, a blank cursor blinking and I, I will write, um, literally I will say, I don't know what I'm going to write right now. Okay. Like before any thoughts actually come to my mind, sometimes there is a blank cursor in my mind too. Right, right. And I, in order to jumpstart that into writing, sometimes I have to just say, okay, like literally type, okay, I'm sitting here and da, 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 right. da. And then usually within the first sentence, something, uh, some, a thought jumps in my head hmm. and then I write that down. And then that leads to another thought, and I write that down. And this process of like just just jump starting um, your your mind, that's one part of it. You, you're getting you're getting your mind almost like warmed up. It's almost like stretching before a run. Right. 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 You 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 go through this process. But what I also have found that's been helpful for me is that it's not just a warm up, but it's also like a mind dump. It's all those little ideas that have been percolating in my mind for the last 24 hours or maybe it's been a few days you know and I've got these my brain's been solving problems because your brain is an incredible problem solver and it's always working and if it's if it's not being listened to like for me this like pressure builds you know and I um, it's a kind of stress but 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 writing out all these ideas writing out like lists um, maybe it's to do's maybe it's just I thoughts that my, my mind gives me this like flash of a inspiration or an idea writing it out my brain I feel something inside me just go like this deep breath mm. and it's as if my brain says thank you mm. just you know I wanted you to listen mm. and now it my brain knows I've dumped kind of all these things that's been percolating and now my brain can go okay what do you want to do now? Mm. Let's let's uh, let's do something deep and creative. Um, so this morning pages ritual is a is a way to kind of do a, a mind dump, warm up your brain, but also kind of get out all these things that have been percolating, or maybe they can just go on the back burner for now. And so you can get to a space where your brain is just like ready mm. to go deep, and that's that's been helpful for me. Mm. Morning Pages. Morning Pages by, well, the, the book is The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. So it's kind of this, uh, this writing habit. Um, uh, yeah, so some people who I talk with, um, like, uh, like, you know, everyone in the world probably wants a clear mind, right? Yeah. And I find that everyone has their own kind of way. Like I was talking to one of my friends the other day, and he has this app for for um, like getting things done yeah it's like an action-oriented uh, helps you kind of prioritize and things like that 
Um, so for him, writing is in that mode. It really helps him to clear his mind so yeah. that he doesn't have to remember everything, right? Um, but writing in this way as well, like just kind of like brain dumping, what's mm. kind of sitting in your brain, you know, um, can also be helpful. So we're talking about like prompts. Mm-hmm. So for people who are not very um, like in the habit of writing, right. a good prompt can kind of lead you into the right mood, right? Yes, yes. So in our in our English classes, uh, we often have uh, writer's prompts. Um, I will, I'll, sh- I'll read a couple to you here. Mm-hmm. Um, so these the idea here is is basically to give. Uh, a, a scene or a situation with a character uh, that's facing something or something suddenly happens mm-hmm. and you're only giving a sentence or two and then you leave it you know, with like a dot 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 you know and then the students I give them usually 10 minutes to finish the story and it's been they love it it's like the the, the mm-hmm. best part about the, the class is what they really really love um, it's kind of a warm up. Huh? It's a warm up. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that I'm looking for it on my phone, I can't find it. Okay, <clears throat> so here here's uh, three different writing prompts. I'm going to read them and um, give. I'll, I'll pause, and so the the listener can kind of think about, oh, how would I finish this story? Okay, mm-hmm. first one. She jumped, then immediately regretted it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that can go a lot of different that ways. That can go a lot of different ways. What, what is, where is she? What is she doing? Okay, Th- number two. Your child walks in the house from digging in the dirt outside and says he found something. He shows you and your eyes go wide. Okay, number three. This might be the scariest. A man stands at the front of the plane and tells everyone to remain calm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can go out of the That can go. <laughs> so, uh, these are these are just jump starts. You know, they're they're spark plugs for uh, to get into uh, a state where you you want to finish the story. You want to you want to explore where that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I've I've told my students I feel like writing is. The best kind of writing is when you can see in your imagination. Mm. You can see what you're you're saying, right, or what you're, the writer is writing. Um, that's that tends. So I try to encourage students to kind of stay away from abstractions. Bring bring their bring your writing to use concrete uh, nouns, you know, action verbs. Uh, descriptive language uh, adjectives and things but that that paints a picture uh, that paints a scene that they can see themselves in that scene as the main character or as the writer or the voice that's speaking in through the writing and experience it as it's going along like that's that's the best kind of writing that's how I that's like mm. what I like to read and I think that makes as all of the masters um, that I that I've studied, they tend to say the same thing. You you would think masters at language and literature would say, "Oh, you've got to sound really flowery and really use big words and big huge concepts and abstractions." 
actually it's the opposite. Right. And that's actually, an, a, <clears throat> a, most people have that conception somehow, maybe through, through grade school, we've learned, oh, we've got to fluff up our, our, our essays so our teacher thinks we're more knowledgeable or we've got to make longer sentences to get more points. Actually, my students told me that that's what they were encouraged to do mm. when they were learning English grammar. <clears throat> I said, you've got to forget what you, were, <laughs> forget what you learned mm. in grade school. The masters say short sentences, uh, simpler words, clear, you know, pictures with, with action. That, that actually is, is good writing. Mm. Well, um, imagery. That has imagery. Yeah. It has action. People can see. Um, I like what you said like, earlier was uh, like writing as seeing. Mm -hmm. I think that's really true. And like to bring out the human imagination, mm -hmm. like what's more important than that? Right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's it's an, it's an amazing thing. Like writing for me, I always I feel like when I get to that state of flow or where I can see exactly what I'm writing, like it's something magical happening. Mm. Um, I I think it's very similar to reading. With reading, you're coming alongside someone else's flow of 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 their what what they're trying to communicate. But for me as a writer, I'll sit down and, and start writing and it's as if I'm listening to an audio tape and I'm just transcribing it or I'm seeing a scene and I'm just like writing it down as if I'm watching a movie. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, 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 that's like something really, really curious, right? Um, where is that coming from? Mm. Yeah, where does it come from? Where does that come from? <laughs> where, 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 where is that? You know, I, I, the only thing I can understand, think that, that it is, is just it's meaning itself. It's just there, begging people to explore it. Mm. It's waiting for us to just sit down to focus long enough to just mm. follow it into the woods mm. and see what what's there. Um, and writing it for me is a way to get there, because writing for me is essentially an act of focus. It's just a way for me to focus on that voice or meaning itself or um, something metaphysical is going on, you know? That's how I, I believe. Yeah. Um, and there's these magical moments in writing. How often do they happen for you? Like, do you find yourself like you're, you're setting up the conditions for them to arrive, like with these warm-ups and different kinds of things? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, if I could... Sometimes, sometimes it's frustrating because I will get an idea to write uh, in, a, in a time or place where I just can't. I'm not, you know, I'm, I, maybe I'm with my kids and we're playing or I'm needing to wash the dishes or I'm on my bike or in a taxi and I go, oh, I've got this flash. You know, I'm like, mm -hmm. I, need, I need to write, mm -hmm. but I, I can't. And so like, um, so it's sometimes it comes when it's like, you, you, it's not convenient. And then other times <clears throat> I'm sitting down at my journal or my keyboard um, and there's nothing. It's like that, that, uh, that thing gone on, gone off in, into hiding, you know, right. it's like, okay, but what, like was, I, what, that, uh, yeah. what was I thinking about? What was like so, so 
brilliant and revelatory that I was thinking about in, ta- in the taxi yesterday. I try to remember, but then sometimes I have to, I get, I have to write um, a paragraph or two before I find it again. You know, and, so, and so sometimes you you do have to go through some disciplines and things to get back to that place where you were in your mind. Well, we've uh, come full circle to this conversation that we're having. To, to wrap it up here, for the interest of time, any final thoughts for the listeners? I would, <clears throat> I would encourage everybody to, um, to try the morning pages. Hmm. If um, just try it, try it for a week and see, see how it feels. Um, how or maybe compare your days, like a day with, kind of doing three pages of journaling, free free form no agenda, just, just write, then see how you feel afterwards and how your day goes. Um, and then compare that with a day where you just kind of wake up and get busy. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I, I have many days where I just wake up and have to do stuff right away, but so it's not always for me right at the beginning of the day, but if you could, yeah, try, try writing morning pages. Uh, I think it would be a huge, uh, huge encouragement. Um, and uh, for a source of fuel, yeah, yeah, a conversation with yourself, yeah, yeah, have a conversation with yourself, yeah. right? Write in two different color pens, you know, write yeah. one to yourself, yeah.